0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minutemen to our daily town hall here at CR Podcast. Your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for the end of the week, Friday, the 14th. Your only source of truly independent conservative talk, strategy, and focus. And that's really the thing. We will need an independence movement if we are to hope to fight for our life, liberty and property, humanity, soul, body, mind, which is all at stake, all on the chopping block, has been on the chopping block. It will not happen with the current fake phony opposition, not just the Republican Party in America, but really we're seeing this certainly with the Tories in the UK, all of the parties strategically set up to serve as controlled opposition. And it's, it's time we realize that. It's time we recognize that never has there been such a dichotomy between the type of issues, the severity of issues confronting us, the severity of the actions and consequences of the policies by the incumbent leftist party, yet the lack of focus from the supposed right-leaning opposition. It's almost as if these issues don't matter. They're not even campaigning on the issues that matter. They're not even calling a flag. I never could have imagined a couple years ago we would live in times like this. Yes, America was very profligate, libertine. The social values were in the toilet. But people liked their stuff. They liked the opulence. They liked their comforts. I never thought we would have the government literally locking down, killing millions Rounding up political opponents. Evidently, one of the 12 pro-life activists just locked up by the FBI was a 95-year-old Holocaust survivor singing hymns outside of, uh, of uh, Planned Parenthood or something. I never thought this would happen. And they, we would have a Republican Party doesn't even call a flag. It doesn't say, Democrats, Biden, You just did what? You gotta be kidding me. And just raising Cain about it. They don't say a word. So I never thought it would get this bad, but in my mind, I was hoping it would get really bad and what I thought really bad at that time was nothing like what we're facing today. I couldn't have even written a script like this. But at least it would finally elicit a righteous reaction. We would suffer but that would force a reaction to finally reform government uh, and bring us back to the Constitution in a way that we really never were my entire lifetime. But instead, it's the opposite. It's worse than I could have imagined, and Republicans aren't even, in, in word much less deed, raising awareness of it. See, typically, no one party... In a stable political system with real opponents, no one party could get too far afield with destructive, unpopular policies without the other side immediately crying bloody murder, right? Because they would immediately contest it, would immediately challenge it, and maybe they'd be able to get a couple yards down the field with it, but eventually it would grind them down because it would raise such outrage. They would bring the data and information and all the anecdotes and the suffering of the people. Yet, what the GOP is doing by allowing them to arson and arson and they're like, hey, it's, it's a nice nice sunny day out here. Hey, Kanye West. Hey, whatever other distraction of the day. Well, in the eyes of the people, it makes it look like it's consensus. Well, I guess it's not a problem. I guess everyone agrees that the vaccines are where it's at. I guess everyone agrees that this is what we need to do with illegal immigration. I guess everyone agrees that January 6th was an insurrection. Or at the very least, if the people don't form a consensus behind it, because the parties form a consensus, and I don't think that's happening in this case, they just put it on the back burner of their minds. We know that no matter how destructive an issue is, there's so many distractions. People are artfully distracted with the Google, Apple headlines that they won't think about something so historic for the, for bad reasons right in front of their eyes. This is how Biden, and really Biden's just a carcass, but These elite globalist masters, the Fourth Reich, could get away with even declaring an emergency for another 90 days when it's over. Here we are. Joe Biden slipped up and said the emergency is over with. A normal party would have been the very next day. Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy would have held a joint press conference, major governors, other people. Wait, you just said what? So you admit this is over with and you're continuing to fund Pfizer and Moderna after millions of adverse events to approve a shot for babies for a variant that doesn't affect anyone for a virus that never affected kids based on a study of eight mice. I mean, the talking points, the press releases write themselves. They love talking points, right? That's what they love. Okay, you got it in spades. This is not January 2021 when it's only brave souls like us that fought it. It takes nothing to fight it now. You have reams of experts. You have reams of data. You have, I mean, heck, you have Paul Offit, who's one of the most famous vaccinologists of the generation. He's on the FDA advisory board. He supported the vaccines up the wazoo. But then it got so bad, he was like, oh, dude, like, okay, no, this this is a problem. And he's actively almost like campaigning on all of media. Against the boosters and the media is actually not even that um, bad with it, especially the local Philadelphia media. He's a, he's big in Philadelphia. Uh, he works in Philadelphia. Uh, um, what's it called? Chop Children's Hospital, of Philadelphia, and they they bring him on pretty complimentary. And even he said, "Look, this thing is a big problem." You shouldn't ask tens of billions of people to get a vaccine based on mice data. Have you heard Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell say a word about this? All the studies, all the data. I don't even have time to go through everything every day. But every day, I could bring you another two dozen new studies, papers, on damage to another part of the body that they cause, negative efficacy. And to this day, Republicans not only didn't say, whoa, Biden, we are not passing this CR unless the emergency is rescinded, the PrEP Act is reformed, funding for Pfizer and Moderna suspended, we have an investigation into all of this, we offer compensation for those injured, we offer Grants to expedite studies for diagnosis and treatment of these injuries. Not a word. No matter how much information. Like, yeah, yeah, Democrats would be like, yeah, we just killed 10 million people with the COVID shots. And Republicans would go on the next day talking about, you know, the economy is really bad. Um, vote Republican. Like, what? What, do you, what just happened there? It's, it's so bizarre. Republicans are even behind what a lot of the, the medical profession people in terms of coming to, uh, to the truth on this. Yet because they declined to do this, not only are the Democrats not held accountable, it's not all just like we, we thought it would be a matter of the Democrats and the Biden administration just moving on just gliding into the next thing without saying a word. Okay, uh, you know, we're just just moving on. They're not even moving on. This was huge news yesterday. This is from PBS. It's all over the news, obviously. It should be a big story. Biden administration extends COVID-19 public health emergency for another 90 days. And they haven't said a word. They still haven't said a word. They didn't respond before. They didn't respond to that. So in other words, typically you have a 50-50 America. Maybe you could push a a policy that's 40-60, 60% 60 opposition. But Democrats could push something that is killing people and could have 5% support, right? Only like 4% of the people got the boosters. Yet they could succeed in doing it And do even worse and build upon it because Republicans will never hold them accountable. They won't even throw the flag, much less do anything about it. And they promise to fund it. It's not like they're like, oh my gosh, we know this after the revelation of Pfizer at the EU Commission that they admit they never even studied transmission. We are going to make sure all the mandates are defunded. At least that, the mandates. God forbid she defund the shots themselves, but at least the mandates. No. They're not even promising in the omnibus they plan to write in the lame duck to undercut an incoming GOP majority that they're saying you need to vote for for an entire year, giving the Democrats the full budget. At least say, look, we're going to demand an end to the mandates. They're not mentioning a word. That omnibus is going to fund Pfizer and Moderna up the wazoo. All of their products... Every single one of them we're going to discuss is negative efficacy, causes rebounds, and causes serious known and unknown injury and death. And they're funding it. They're going to continue funding it. They're not promising not to fund it. Think about this. So the emergency is extending for 90 days. So that means it's going to go into mid-January. That would be two weeks or so after Kevin McCarthy is is you know ninety nine percent chance sworn in as speaker. See what what Kevin McCarthy should have said is that, Mitch McConnell, you do not undercut my leverage as incoming speaker. Pass a CR that expires not in December so they could write an omnibus then for the rest of the fiscal year, but have it expire at the end of January, and then you would come in and that's where you had your have your leverage. Biden, we will not send you a budget bill unless the emergency goes bye-bye. But no, now they would have given away their leverage. They would have given it away. Sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered to Biden's desk for signature, the entire FY 2023 budget. So now... They won't even have any leverage. But then again, they don't need it because he's not even rhetorically saying you need to get rid of it, but not willing to use the leverage. That was like 2010. You know, they'd say we hate Obamacare, but they wouldn't really use the proper leverage to fight it. Now they're not even articulating it. It's utterly insane. That is the perfidy of the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. He's not even rhetorically promising us on anything. No matter what comes out, yeah, likely half a million people died in America from this. No problem. They're going to continue funding. It's not like he just doesn't want to unravel the last two and a half years, but we've moved on. We haven't moved on. The emergency is still there. The PREP Act is still there. The shots are still there. And by the way, the cases will go up because the shots induce viral immune escape. So come January, will say, look, it's the heart of the winter. We have all these cases we need to extend the emergency another 90 days and therefore allow emergency use authorization of more death products. So you got to take your own destiny in your own hands. You got to go independent. And one of the ways of doing that is by securing your food security. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the freaking Chinese. The rest of it is full of garbage, antibiotics, pro-inflammatory additives and all sorts of stuff that causes cancer and heart disease and whatever, they are making it that you can't get healthy protein. Well, thankfully, members of this audience can. By signing up for the monthly Moink Boxes at moinkbox.com slash conservative, you could not only get the best-tasting, healthiest, uh, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door every month, but you could also get... A free filet mignon for a year by, by paying for those monthly boxes. So this is the best tasting filet mignon you'll ever have. All the while securing your food security, um, supporting American independent farmers that do it right the way it should be before the cartel took over. So again, get oinked with moink. Go to moinkbox.com slash conservative. That's moinkbox.com slash conservative. That's slash conservative best tasting meat and chicken and fish as well as free filet mignon while you could still get it of course um so like you speak to the average conservative the own the libs type of conservative commentators and you get the impression that there, there's never been a better time to be alive. They're enjoying it. Ha, ha, ha. The Biden administration is de- desperate. They're fools. Look at them. The economy is terrible. Ha, ha, ha. Like, why is that ha, ha, ha? That, that's bad for us. Oh, no, because no, then we're going to defeat them. Uh, no, you're not. Why do you think they don't care? So, for, first of all, you have to understand that, on the one hand, it's not like, no matter how bad, bad and destructive they are, especially because Republicans refuse to actually acknowledge it and expose their weakest, most perfidious policies. So it's not like there's a roadmap to getting 60, 70, 80 Senate seats, right, where in one election you essentially wash out 80% of the Democrats, I'm saying even a wave is nowhere near that in American politics. It's No matter what, the blue states are blue. You might have a fluke here and there. You'll win a district here and there in a blue state. Could happen, probably will happen. But for the most part, it's not like – I mean, also, just based on the Senate map, the type of Senate seats that are up, it's mathematically impossible anyway for them to even get 60 seats. And that includes Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, all these – you know, Tom Tillis, all these rhinos anyway – I mean, that are downright to the left of even Mitch McConnell. But forgetting about that, you don't you don't have that ability. So it's not like they're going to lose everything where, theoretically, if Republicans ever got some principles and believed in something, they could just win an election and just march right in with their policies, which they wouldn't do anyway because they don't believe in anything and they believe in what the Democrats believe in. But it's not like they're scared of that because... They do have a certain minimum that they're always going to be able to hold. And they know that the governors are bought out, and they're not going to do what I say they should do. So at a federal level, they have the presidency. And then in addition, they're going to have a filibuster-enabling minority in the Senate, no matter what. so And they know Republicans aren't going to use the budget bill, and in fact, they're purposely getting rid of it for the first entire year. So they're not scared of that. But also, it's not Democrats, per se, that, that run the show. It's not like the elected Democrats in the Senate and the House. That's old thinking. It should be that way. If we were in a healthy republic, it would be Congress that mattered. It doesn't. It's a cabal of masters of the universe that work with the bureaucracies, and the so-called private sector that's not, it's an artificial monopoly created by government over the years, to get what they want. Knowing that Republicans, with the levers of power they have, will never do what it takes to even wage an information warfare to expose them, much less use leverage points uh, power-wise to downright halt their advance in action. So that's why they're just not scared. They're not bothered by that. Never forget that. They're not bothered by it. They know that their policies will continue no matter what. And this is how they're able to approve a shot with no clinical trial for children. After the president already said the pandemic's over, They, they, it's literally in the FDA press release. I'm just gonna read to you. For each of the bivalent COVID-19 vaccines, meaning one's Moderna's version, one's Pfizer's, authorized today, the FDA relied on an immune response and safety data that it had previously evaluated from a clinical study in adults. <laughs> openly, yeah, yeah. we're using old data from the old shots. Like what? And that's totally fine because no one will hold them accountable for it. That's what people need to understand. They're not scared. They're not bothered by it. Let me let me give you a perfect example of this. There's a lot of talk in the news about um AOC. AOC. And a lot of the conservative thumb suckers are really excited about this because it's another own-the-libs moment. It's an important story, but they're taking the wrong lesson from it. So it's like, oh, AOC was humiliated. She couldn't be left enough for a left-wing base. She shows up at a town hall, and they just lambast her. You say you're anti-war, but really you've thrown in with the elite warmongers, you know, just pumping full-hearted support into the Ukraine war, and and you're a fraud. And... They're like, ha, 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 look at AOC, she'd become a fool. But they're missing the point. The point is it's not so much right versus left anymore. It's not about that. It's not about, oh, the Democrats want this, the Republicans want this. What's interesting is that those two individuals that spoke up, they had Twitter accounts and they were getting very popular because they gained a lot of notoriety. I forget their names. Twitter suspended their accounts. I mean, these are these are hardcore left-wing Bernie Sanders type of people. They actually had their accounts suspended. because it's not so much, oh, they only suspend conservatives. It's not about that. Those terms don't mean anything. Because AOC, it's not that AOC was anti-war. She was never anti-war. AOC was always just a mindless conduit, a supporter of the next current thing. So now the next current thing, is Ukraine, so you have to support a war. So they support it. They'll turn off and on that faucet as needed. The point is, AOC is a nothing. The Democrats are nothing. They'll just follow the leaders. And the leaders are not these psychopaths that are brainless, you know, serving in Congress. It's the people associated roughly with the Gateses and the sources, WEF, whatever that is, Pfizer, Moderna, Big Pharma, big banking, all of that. That's where it is. That's where the power structure is. And on that front, yes, AOC and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy literally agree 100% on arsoning our future over Russia. You know, Biden's warning he might embargo aluminum from Russia. Can you imagine what that's going to cause? And that's done on purpose. And McConnell and McCarthy would totally support that. If you had a vote on an embargo of aluminum Russia in Congress, it would gain, you know, all but 30, 40 House Republicans support from them. So that's why they don't care. Because they, they buy off both parties. They agree. You look at the UK just to understand a fake opposition. The Republicans are no different. It's just they're a little bit more open there because the people are less conservative than in America. But you look at Liz Truss. She just announced an energy plan that will basically focus on conservation, not production of natural oil, natural energy. And by the way, Fred, our, one of our longtime listeners, uh, had a great idea. He noted that I said we shouldn't use the word fossil fuel That's their term. So he came up, a great term is natural energy. Natural energy. Because there's nothing natural about solar panels. It takes so many heavy metals and and chemicals to put that stuff up. Yeah, sun is natural, wind is natural, not the way they're capturing it. Water is natural. Likewise, coal, oil, and gas are natural. They are replenished. And God designed it that way. But anyway, she's she's a raving lunatic. Less than a month into her tenure, so today the big news is she appointed this guy Jeremy Hunt as as her finance minister in the UK. I want you to listen to this clip from the, the now the Chancellor of the UK, Jeremy Hunt, from during the lockdowns. Take a listen right here.
1: Uh, I very much agree with. Uh the central point in Gabriel's paper that we should be aiming for zero infection um, and elimination of the disease, because that is basically the approach taken in countries which have a SARS strategy, as opposed to a, a flu strategy. And those are the countries that have overwhelmingly been the most successful in, in tackling coronavirus. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, my sister, uh, lives in Beijing, and she flew back to Beijing in the middle of lockdown. And just to give you an an idea of the contrast, uh, she was escorted from the airport in Beijing to her home by Ministry of Health officials, uh, and then uh, put into her home for two weeks' quarantine. The door was sealed, and uh, she had a police car sitting outside her house uh, periodically. And I'm not saying we go that far in this country, but I just think it's an indication of how serious they are in the countries that have had to deal with SARS about stopping at the root every possible source of infection.
0: So you heard that he praised China's lockdown. He had a smirk on his face. You have to see it. He was like, yeah, they put people in concentration camps. It really worked. Maybe one won't go quite as far. That is the conservative government's finance minister right now. So that's what's so bizarre you could have one side get into power, do the most egregious, unpopular, immoral, illogical, destructive things that are not just destructive values-wise, but literally affect the people's quality of life. You know, before no one cared about values. That was our big problem. But now it literally does. I mean, you could totally get people are anxious of the supply chain stuff and the persecution, everything. You could totally win elections on this. You could have your principles and electoral success work in tandem, but they won't because they're bought out by the same system on what actually matters. They're literally the same. And it's even better for them when the so-called right-leaning party is doing their most transformational things. Because if you have the left-wing party, there's, there's always this concern. Some people in the right-wing party will start raising awareness, yelling about it, raising concern. But when you get the right-leaning party to do it, well, the left certainly is not going to fight it because they support it. And then the right's like, well, we don't want to damage our guy. We have to support Trump. Remember that? I mean, COVID fascism started literally under Trump, not Biden. Pfizer fascism, the Pfizer death shots, all of it, he, he brags about it, he takes credit for it to this day. There's actually an old saying in Israeli politics, it takes the right to make peace and the left to make war. And, and their point was because whenever you have a war, if it's under the right leading government, the left will scream bloody murder. But if it's under the left, then the right, you know, always wants to be patriotic and support the troops. So they're not going to fight it. And that's how you get consensus and then vice versa. Um, with these so-called peace deals, when when Israel would like you know commit suicide and give their stuff to Hezbollah and Hamas. By the way, speaking of that, uh, there's this left-wing uh, prime minister that's interim while they have an election. The Biden administration pressured them to basically give away their offshore natural gas reserves to Hezbollah. Unbelievable. So not only are they arsening our Uh, our reserves they want to make sure globally nobody is using it because again just like with COVID they didn't like a Sweden they didn't want a control group they don't want you know one country living high in the hog with oil gas and coal and nuclear and everyone else languishing because people are going to say hey I want what they want just like with the lockdowns they had to have every government almost every global government did it so everyone's going to do the energy lockdown transhumanism as well so that's the story. That's why the elections don't matter. And it's not even like you could try to believe in it. Man, I, I, I just, I just want to believe. I, I just want to know. Even I did this until fairly recently. As much as I knew the Republicans were frauds, this time of year, you know, a couple weeks before the elections, I would get swept up in the fervor. It's just because the left is so obnoxious, the Democrats are so obnoxious, just just let the Republican win, and then we'll, we'll try to pressure him to do the right thing when he gets elected. But now they're not even promising. So everyone is obsessed with the Oz versus Fetterman race. But if you look carefully, what's the outrage over? It's not over any policy. It's over the fact that Fetterman is a vegetable and he's not fit to serve. Okay, I mean, that's true. But it's like, so you have a vegetable communist... Versus, versus a lucid communist. I Frankly, I'd rather have the vegetable. And ironically, the stroke almost for sure came... I mean, this guy's in his 40s. The stroke almost for sure came from Federer getting the shots, for which Oz not only won't call it out, he is more supportive of it than the Democrats. So there's just news today... Oz announced that he supports Biden's marijuana p- pardons and rejects minimum prison se- prison sentences. So the one issue he's kind of running on is tough on crime because Fetterman literally wants to open up the prisons. But even then on the issues that matter, which are mandatory minimums, that's the way to lock people up. Um, and, and mind you, the mandatories. It wasn't as draconian as people say. Most of them got through the what's called the safety valve. All the first-timers were eligible for that. Um, it wasn't locking up low-level people. And like an idiot, he's like, we shouldn't tie the hands of the judges. The judges are animals. Who do you think becomes a judge? Who do you think's in the legal profession? Those who believe that only January 6ers should be locked up. But anyway, like an idiot, like, I support Biden. Again, a Republican party would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is serving time for a simple possession of marijuana in in federal prison and why? They're the cartel illegal alien traffickers. We have the data to point this out. This this is not hard. 91.5% were caught near the border. They're the cartel traffickers. That puts a whole different spin on it. But yet not only don't Republicans throw that punch, they actually agree. Agree to Biden's point. But yeah, the lucid communists are going to do really well against the vegetable communists in this election. What a great time to be alive. Own the libs. Every one of my colleagues is like that, almost everyone. But in reality, the magnitude of what people have suffered the last few years life, liberty, property, dreams of small business owners destroyed. That was the big story of the lockdowns. You know, we talked a lot about civil liberties and controlling people in the transhumanism and and the compliance in order to get us into this mode of complying to the great reset and that's all true. But a big part of the lockdown itself was really to consolidate the market share for the big corporate players and destroy small business which was always the Bulwark against tyranny. The broad swath of the middle class, middle, upper income people providing goods and services that can't be centralized and monopolized by the government-controlled entities. Again, Walmart, Amazon, BlackRock, I mean, Vanguard, the, the, these, these places are essentially Freddie May or Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the post office. They're GSEs. They're government-sponsored entities through and through. They're not private. I have no problem inherently with large corporations, naturally. It's just almost all of them are not natural anymore. The pain. And nobody is addressing them. Nobody has a plan. How to rebalance the power from small businesses. I have a plan. I would exempt small businesses from a number of regulations and ta- taxes for a period of, of 10 years. Only small businesses. I don't like means testing on an individual level or a corporate level. None of us do. But what do you do when the government did the ultimate mandate that, that tipped the playing field back? You have to tip it back to reach that equilibrium. You can't just start out, okay, now, now we're equal. No more lockdown. Well, that, <laughs> the, the, the damage is done. I, I, I could read to you all the painful emails I get from military members, from people that have no treatment for COVID, no treatment for the shot uh, injuries. Lost loved ones. The amount of death is crazy. The amount of long-term injury is out of control. The dream's destroyed. I'll just read you one, one email I got last night. I just need to vent. We lost our five-bedroom, three-bath home thanks to COVID and have been unable to find a rental we can afford. The WEF in their dystopian ad tells us that we will rent everything we need and be happy. So at this point, we're looking at renting a one-bedroom apartment one-fourth the size of our home at two and a half times the cost of our monthly mortgage payments. Oh, wait, we can't even do that because we have been trying for months and our application is always rejected because... Our house was foreclosed on because the government destroyed our small business and stole our livelihood, so we are, we are a bad risk. You know, by, by the way, it's interesting that for years they forced people, banks, to lend to people that shouldn't get loans and whatever and get credit that, that, that were reckless. Yet here you have small business owners that had their livelihood destroyed. All these laptop people, they enjoyed it. They, they didn't lose a penny. And I'll tell you, yours truly... I, I did not lose a penny of income. I was able to to earn income and I'm indebted to you guys. Otherwise, I'd be nothing. I was able to, I didn't have to wear a mask. I didn't have to get a shot. I, I, I wasn't harmed by it in, in, in that sense. So many people are like that. But then there's the forgotten people. It's a minority. It's a small minority, but it's a lot of people in a country of 330 million that they, they They you know, middle upper income had small businesses, in this case, both the husband and wife, so they're self-employed. So now the government literally destroyed their business, and now they're like, "Hey, you're bad risk." We also have no work history after being self-employed for decades, and we are now working menial jobs making less money than we need to get by. and our daughter had to give up on her MBA after finding herself thrust out into the world unprepared, no longer having the ability to pay for school. She has had to start cosmetology school at night while working at a restaurant during the day and renting a shared room. She is so excited at the prospect of abandoning her lifelong goals and cutting hair for a living instead. How could we just walk away from this? Yet name me the Republican of consequence that is even tapping into this, even telling the story, much less promising to do something about it. They need reparations. Pfizer and Moderna need to be made, made to pay for vaccine injury, pay for small businesses destroyed. Those people that did the gain-of-function research, when we find them, some of them we know who they are, but the kind of the entire net of it, they need to be sued for everything they have. And that needs to be redistributed to the people who got harmed. And that's redistributed redistribution of wealth. I can get behind. Because the government caused that. They arson that. That's reparations. I I, I just it, it, it is so sad. And she said, Your doom and gloom give me hope somehow. Which is nice to hear. Because I, I think the hope is that at least there's someone. It's like you when you have an itch somewhere on your back that you can't quite reach and it's very frustrating. It's, it's, it's uh, satisfying when you can finally reach it. Finally, finally, finally reach it. Because if you're actually articulating and diagnosing the problem, there's some hope with God's help of solving that problem, of redressing that grievance. But if, you, if you're distracted and you're talking about Kanye West or this or that, when we have civilization, literally, life, liberty, property in its most literal sense being destroyed, the human mind, the human soul, the human lived experience being destroyed, families, continuity of parents to children, men and women, and these guys are just flatulating are you kidding me? Nothing matters. How do you think Republicans have all this money? The NRSC—they have like record, a record war chest, heading into this uh, home stretch of the election. We know all the moneyed industries; every single one of them, without exception, is inexorably on the other side of every issue. How do they get the money? I'm saying, even a fake, mealy-mouthed Republican. Why would they donate? Have you ever thought that? Look at look at financial services. Look at healthcare. Okay, look at those the biggest industries. Look at where they stand on trannyism, medical freedom, the border, crime, all these issues. You know, Republicans are at least talking about being tough on crime. That is one issue they're talking about. Not really. They're blaming the Democrats for what's going on. They're not saying what they're going to do about it. And in fact, one of the things you would do is mandatory minimums, if you don't want to do it on drug crimes, but certainly on, on you know, rape, murder, robbery, a certain number three strikes and you're out on violent crimes, you should all agree to. And no, maybe not a single one even campaigning on that. From the police. But that's meaningless. The police will apprehend them, but the system will let them go. But all the industries oppose that. They're for criminal justice reform. Republicans are kind of talking tough on the border. We've talked about this many times, they're not going to do what it takes, and they're still in the pockets of the open borders. But why would they support them with such harmful rhetoric? The answer is they're not stupid. They know they're not going to do anything about it. And they want to grease the skids of both sides because it's the same side and you need the same side. So you can't have just one side of the same side because then people will rebel against it. Right. And people are rebelling. But they have no choice but to do what? Vote Republican. That's the rebellion. So they're going to make sure the other side is perfectly bought out. That's the bottom line. That's why nothing will change. That's why the left doesn't fear a Republican tsunami. And yet, the conservatives are happy about this while the people suffer. I don't know. I guess the problem with a lot of these Republicans is that they're cut from the same cloth as the Democrats and they just don't feel it. It just doesn't bother them. It's just not bad enough. So they don't feel like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die here. Uh, They're just living a cushy life and it just doesn't bother them. They don't feel a sense of urgency. You know, back to this email I got. I'm just going to read just, you know, her thoughts, her rant. The destruction this government has inflicted on its people from destroying small businesses to families losing their homes to lost schooling from which children will never recover to permanent brain damage and depressed IQs from the masks to millions of Americans being disenfranchised for daring to engage in independent thought to creating invading armies to overrun our borders, to people dropping dead left and right, seems akin to a country ravaged by war. Everything is in upheaval. Everyone has to start over, while the war profiteers are counting their stacks of cash. I can't even list all the atrocities. We have all lost our rights, even the most basic right of all, bodily autonomy autonomy to live. What else can I conclude but that my country has declared war on its own citizens? Our government has made us war refugees in our own country." And where do you go? You know, I got another email from someone in the Frisco school board, school not school board, school uh, district, Frisco, Texas. So this is not Dallas proper. This should be a conservative area, and they're they're still into uh, they're into trannyism in, 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 in the school district. They're into COVID fascism, trannyism. It's it's not like you could escape this. And that's really the key, folks. It's not about the national election. It's not about Kanye West or, you know, everyone's looking for uh, Elon Musk or or Trump too. Everyone wants this celebrity who's just going to come and change everything. It's not going to happen that way. You should be able to get together. If you have an area that voted majority for Trump, you should be able to get together in that area. And force your will on the local culture. The mother standing up at these school boards and, 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 and running for a school board and other similar similar local offices, that's what matters more. It's not going to be one massive log that you dump lighter fluid on and a fire, a bonfire arise arises from there. I mean, there's no shortcut to it. You've got to build that campfire properly with the kindling wood and the ability to to layer it, and that's what it means to start out local, at least in the most conservative areas. Like I said, if you took there's three thousand counties in the country, if you took the twenty percent most conservative ones, just just twenty percent most conservative, and that would easily get you into supermajority, uh, you know, Trump. Territory and have those areas free from federal tyranny, free from medical tyranny, free from energy tyranny, free from the homosexual agenda and, and all of its analogs. Just that alone, I take that any day of the week. We're no longer saving our country. Because it, it, it's, it's lost, it's, it's, it's killed, it's dead. But that's a comforting thought because that's a, that's a big task, and we're never going to succeed in that. I hate to be crude here, but it's kind of like people who suffer through the, a, a loved one having just end-stage life illness, and it's tough, you want them to survive, maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. The care is tough, and, and, and you, you want to extend every day of their life. It's terribly sad when they die, but then there's also this part, wow, you know, I no longer have to wake up every day fearing the person's going to die. I mean, it's over with. And it's kind of taken off our plate. What we're tasked with is our own self-survival. Not so much as a country, because it's gone, but somewhere, maybe we could reconstitute a country one day. But at least for now, some sort of ad hoc sanctuary where we might be under the auspices of the same flag, but politically we have a deterrent against any intervention in our affairs. That's what we need to do. We totally have the ability to do that in many parts of the country. But there's no organized political will because all that organized political will is sucked up into nonsense. Utter nonsense. It's not getting better. Not getting better at all. Now, before it gets too late today, I did want to touch on an important COVID story. So what we've noticed is that every single thing that pharma has made, every single action that government has promulgated under the guise of saving lives, has not only failed to do that, but was negative effective and then cost lives with so many things. It turns out that every single drug that they approved is deadly. The shots, remdesivir, um, Illumiant in the ICUs they were using causes blood clots. Guess what else now causes blood clots? This is a huge, huge story. I wanted to make sure we didn't go by this week forgetting it. This is from the Daily Mail. Pfizer's flagship COVID drug can have dangerous interactions with common medications. A review has found. Paxlovid gained emergency use authorization in the U.S. in December last year. It's been given to millions of people. Paxlovid can cause serious health problems when coupled with heart disease medications such as statins and blood thinners. Researchers... From Leahy Hospital Medical Center, Harvard Medical School, and other U.S. institutions found the COVID drug can increase the risk of developing blood clots when taken with blood thinners. How about it? Blood clots. Every last thing they do. It can also cause an irregular heartbeat when combined with drugs for heart pain. And when taken alongside statins, it can be toxic to the liver. I want you guys to understand this is not just some in the weeds science medicine story that like ho hum I don't know I'm not a doctor what do I care what do I know this is insane because we now have a situation where pharmacies without a doctor's prescription can give out like candy Paxlovid that causes blood clots, that interacts with essentially the medications that a majority of seniors are on. And they could just hand that out unlimited. No safety trials, no data of efficacy trials outside of the manufacturer's own trials that are now proven to be fraud from head to toe. They could do all of that. Yet that same pharmacist could turn down... In my case, Sudafed, and the safest essential drugs with a doctor's prescription. It's not just about medicine and shows how medicine is broken and, and biomedical tyranny and fascism and everything is just a conduit for pharma corruption. So what gets in their way, even a doctor can't do. What helps grease their profits, even a pharmacist could become a doctor. That's all true. But it's emblematic. Of the fourth Reich and the hierarchy that they've created, how they could turn on and off that faucet as needed. It's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. That's the fourth Reich, that's what it's built on. So it'd be like, man, we are so careful with things. I mean, we're going to have oversight. Um, even the safest drugs, we're not going to want to prescribe off label. All right, wow, well, that's kind of dumb, but I guess you're just really strict. But then a minute later, You'll take a novel drug now mixed with an age drug. No safety and efficacy outside of the own manufacturer's corruption. You already know you have a metallic taste in your mouth from it. You already know it's contraindicated with 30 categories of drugs. Now it could cause blood clotting. Isn't that interesting? Everything seems to cause blood clotting. Wondering what's behind that. And, and, And it's all good. And by the way, by the way, What's the other drug that we spent $1.2 billion on taxpayers did? Merck's molnipiravir. You don't hear about that much. This is from the National Post in Canada. COVID drug and $450 million deal with Canada failed to cut deaths. hospitalizations. So I guess Canada spent $450 million. We spent $1.2 billion. There's a study. It was a lie. So not only is it mutagenic, carcinogenic, extremely dangerous. Everyone agreed it was caused birth defects in the mice. It, speaking of mice trials, they had it, and 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 it caused bone uh, uh, retarded the bone growth in the offspring of the mice. It seemed to be positive development on multiple fronts, offering a new weapon against COVID. They you know they went up and bought it but results of a major independent trial of the medication have cast new doubt over those deals, concluding that monopiravir does not better than standard care in lowering the rate of death or hospitalization in COVID patients. It's main selling point. The study did find that patient symptoms were resolved faster somehow with viral load. But remember, we were told it had a 60% reduction in death. But that was done by Merck itself. And again, the budget bills that Republicans are signing off on have tons of money spent for that. And there's nothing, no desire to even investigate. They're not even going to hold hearings on this. Much less cut off funding. Much less reform for the future so that there's liability. Reform the PrEP Act. Reform the Vaccine Act of 86. Pay for... Reparations. Nothing. None of this. This stuff is biblical. All of it. These are not rare drugs. They're being given to the entire population. Just like the shots. And it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. What are we going to do? Republicans are bought out by pharma just as much. Imagine Republicans being just as pro-abortion and pro-gun control as Democrats, right? You wouldn't vote for them. But what's a bigger issue? What's an issue of greater consequence? Again, I mean, I, for the first time, I was able to get a carrier's permit. I benefited from it. But whoop de what is it going to do for me? What is it going to do for me? When the FBI comes knocking on my door, what's it going to do for me? It's no longer uh, 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 the, the palladium of liberty. Look, I love guns. I think you should be trained. I think even with the persecution of people who defend themselves, it's better to be tried by 12 than carried by 6. But in terms of being a bulwark against tyranny, that's outdated. Biden is not wrong when he says, you know, you're going to need fighter jets if you want to, you know, push back against the government with it. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. And by the way, Merck is developing, along with Moderna, a cancer vaccine for melanoma. That sounds really safe. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to produce a bunch of heart drugs, a bunch of blood clotting drugs, a bunch of cancer drugs. And they'll get emergency use authorization for them. They'll get to benefit from the fruits of their crime. Because again, the theme today, there is no political movement or party that will shed light on it outside of a few people. The hospitals that committed genocide they always complain they don't have money. Seven large hospital systems in North Carolina received $1.5 billion in COVID relief money, while collectively seeing their cash and investments grow by $7.1 billion from 2019 to 2021. Now you know what, why they did what they did. It's working for them. See, this is what you have to realize. For the people that are doing this, the masters of the universe... This system works for them because they made it work for them. So they don't feel a sense of urgency. Remember, the state hospital systems are like the dominant lobbyist in any state legislative government. They're often the largest employers in the state. That's why you don't hear anything from Republicans. Again, these are not tough issues. Remdesivir... It's repudiated a hundred times over. That's what I'm saying. I'm not asking them to do something that pulls bad. This is no longer those first months of the pandemic. And even then it was because the people weren't getting the right information because the Republicans weren't fighting it. where Everyone supported masks and everything. Now this stuff outside of the real weirdos, it's repudiated. The shots too. People are voting with their feet. There's too many getting them, but it is a minority. Republicans are nowhere. I want to just end today with uh, one data point that really encapsulates the magnitude of this genocide. This is from Michael Simmons at the UK Spectator. Some 9 million Working-age people are out of work and are no longer working, looking for work in the UK. Figures released by the Office for National Statistics reveal that the number has grown by 630,000 since before the pandemic. 630,000 additional people out of work in the UK. And it clicked in my mind. You know how I like I like it when you have grouping of data points that hone in on almost the exact rough number. So remember, we saw in the United States, 3.2 million additional people identifying as disabled, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics survey, coinciding exactly. And by the way, those numbers don't coincide with the pandemic. It's with the beginning of 2021, which is the uptake of the shots. And you know what's interesting? If you extrapolate the population of the U.S., you know, it's, it's roughly times five, five times greater than that of the U.K., 630,000 times five, you almost get that exact number of the excess people identifying as disabled in the US, since the uptake of the shots. This is an enormous, enormous Holocaust that has been committed. But they but not only are they not gonna be held accountable for what they did, they're gonna be able to continue doubling and tripling down and benefiting from it. St- Stefan Bantzel, the Moderna CEO, recently told Sky News that they have a heart muscle mRNA shot that helps for heart attacks, blood vessel issues, cancers, genetic disorders. They're, they're looking for mRNA for all that. And how COVID allowed them to develop this transhumanist technology that they always wanted. But it will now... So what happened was you know, under the old regime, they could never get this stuff approved. So COVID was planned. I mean, we all know this now. They, they literally say this. That allowed them, Fauci is quoted as saying this. The CEO of Bayer said that this stuff would have never flown with the people. COVID allowed it to. And then, boom, suddenly we have 15 other viruses with mRNA shots coming out. And we have mRNA that's going to be used for cancer heart attack, blood clots, coincidentally, all the things that the shots cause. And guess what? That's why we can now understand how Moderna just sat there with all these patents on everything for years, years, and never produced a product or brought a product to market. And then suddenly, within three minutes, a company that never brought a product to market was the leader, one of the two leaders, in the biggest product ever, the COVID shots, and then now they're suddenly bringing out all the other technology. It was all planned. That is, you tell me that's not Fourth Reich. You show me what rivals that in magnitude of evil and destruction. And yet none of this exists in the minds and hearts of the top Republican officials and the top so-called conservative voices and influencers and folks that's why we are where we are we got to break through this i welcome your thoughts comments strategies concerns daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com is the email at c19 truth Bombs on telegram folks we had a really productive week as always uh, again uh, next week i'll have a pre-tape for monday be out tuesday be back wednesday it's the final week where I'm going to be off and then we'll be smooth sailing for the rest of the year. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend. Knowledge and truth is power. Never forget that. Till Monday, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.